Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Stay focused. Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard in school. Them bills are bummed. Them bills are bummed. It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 104 of the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram. Follow everything Built-In Buffalo is giving you every single day. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's a takeover at Built-In Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what is going on tonight? Take a look at my new Bills jersey. One of five new does I got. Take a look at my new Bills jersey. They didn't let us buy a lot. Will they be a cursed jersey that I can never wear again? I'm in too deep now. Price is steep now. I hope our players come through. Cheering's all I can do. Matt, good evening. Witty Nation, what's up? I felt like you weren't as into it this week as you were I in past. I, I actually think I feel like I you weren't feeling it. It wasn't speaking to you. Halfway through me singing it, I was like, this is one of my better. This is one of my smoothest parodies. Yeah, but so I think it sounds smoothly. I think it sounds that way because my throat is a little bit hoarse from uh, I yeah. hope for only from the uh, start of the school year. And the fact that I'm like, you know, public speaking for five hours a day for the first time in a long time. And could combine that with a hydration issue that I'm currently facing and that I am dehydrated. Uh, so I okay. think that was kind of, <laughs> I think that was kind of holding me back from everything it could have been. We you know who's not getting held back? Been. You and me tonight hosting this no. show. No, we are back after a, a week break. The Bills through our schedules for a loop playing on Thursday night, kicking the NFL season off against the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs. And we will get into that game in a few minutes here. But Tony, with the NFL season, with our Buffalo Bills being back, there's usually a lot of frustration that is involved. Not this week. And again, we'll get into that in our Bills review. But if you're a fan of any team in the NFL or just in general sports, this new season, Tony, we have to introduce new segments, and that means our new segment alert. I'm calling it Take a Laugh. Terrible. Take a laugh. God awful. Get going. What the hell is that? It's diet. Do I look like I need to be on a diet? Terrible. Take a laugh. We will rattle off some of the things in the sports world, players, trends, whatever, that are trying too hard, that we're frustrated with, that we're disappointed with. So with that, I will kick it off. And uh, I'm going to go with former Bills quarterback to kick this whole thing off, EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel needs to take a lap because Geno Smith has won an NFL game in the year 2022. Nine years (laughs) after he was drafted, which seems wrong, 
seems like so much longer than that. He drafted in 2013. I, I can't believe Geno Smith has won a game in the NFL this year, and EJ Manuel is sitting in a in a booth somewhere announcing ACC games. I think what could have been with EJ Manuel? What could have been with Geno Smith? If Geno Smith was the Bills' quarterback, Tony would the Bills even need Josh Allen? Let's let's retrograde this here. Let's look into the multiverse of Bills madness. Would the Bills need Josh Allen if Geno Smith was our quarterback? That's a question I ask. A nine-year career, which means it's too old enough to be broken up with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. Zero accolades. Zero accolades. So EJ Manuel, take a lap. And also take an extra lap, EJ Manuel, because I just learned this looking up EJ Manuel and what he's doing these days. His dog's name is Titan, which is an extra no-no because we're playing the Titans this week. Mm. So uh, EJ Manuel, you're taking my first lap here. Tony, what's your first? Uh, uh, who's taking your first lap? With my first lap, I'm gonna say Jesse Pagula. Take a lap. Oh, the princess. Viral. Jesse hit viral status this week as she was on a post tennis match press conference, and she was casually drinking a Heineken while at the mic. It got the attention of many. She said that she had to, or she wanted to do it because she wanted to make herself pee because she is an upcoming. However it works, you know, whatever. Pee in a cup PED appointment test. for doping. Yeah. yeah. And what did you call it? PED test. Performance enhancing drug. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. PED test. Yeah. Okay. Our PED test. PED. So, and I got to say, take a lap. You might even have to take two laps. Because then there's a double aspect to this. The first is that you think Jesse Vigula would not be choosing Heineken first, might be choosing a PSE Labatt. partner like Labatt or something. Right. Not a good look. Secondly, Heineken, we all know that if you want to pee, Heineken is way too high quality. You got to grab like a Keystone <laughs> or something. You yeah, got to grit yourself red, an A ass. red dog. Yeah, yeah, have a red dog. Heineken. You got to you gotta grab those beers that the line between piss and beer is faded <laughs> beyond belief. You need to grab that kind of beer. Right. Yeah. Don't confuse your kidney like they have some like it has some work to do. You got to make that easy street, baby. I like it. Yeah. She's a veteran athlete. She should know her body by now. She should know how, how it all works by now. This is a a Heineken is not gonna, is not getting you there. Right. This is a a severe lack of professionalism on her part. Just the optics alone, I think are cause for concern. Okay. Take me there. I don't think I've ever seen a professional athlete just drinking a beer after a game like that during a press conference have you can you remember any time no matter what the sport is mm, no but i kind of think i uh i don't know if a beer specifically but i do feel like your championships there's oh yeah they get the champagne out in the beer yeah like yeah but after a loss like this mm. like you're drowning your sorrows i, I don't remember ever seeing that not. before i don't no i don't either but yeah where Give the girl the, a break, though. Oh, I'm giving her a break. I have no qualms. There are no laughs required for me of drinking at the mic. There are laughs required for me on the Heineken choice. Yes. If it was for okay. a peed appointment. A pee peed appointment, a, yes. A peed appointment. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesse Pagula, take a laugh. Tony, my second one. I'm going to go with the ultimate athlete. People on bikes who also are smoking while riding that bike. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we are doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here, people? I feel like if you're riding a bike, you're working on your cardio, you're trying to get your your breathing up and 
your heart rate going and your athleticism increased and to do it while smoking doesn't that just negate everything you're doing on that bike at that time i just don't get it take me through this tony make it make sense (laughs) i think that in order to make it make sense you have to preface it with this qualifying information that the bike rider is an idiot and that they somehow yes potentially potentially they think well my lungs irrelevant in this situation at least my legs are getting it at least my quads are going to be burning not knowing anything about oxygen distribution or anything like that which brings into their idiocy as as the piece to it they're uh what is it vo2 levels va2 levels v you know what i'm talking about listeners know what's up v8 V8 juice levels and the v8 juice levels of course (laughs) they pounded a v8 lit up a seneca hopped up a swisher sweet (laughs) here we are here we are right when I saw it, and I've seen it multiple times now, but when I saw it the first time, I was so like mentally flabbergasted that my mind went to, well, maybe it's like a good thing because they're making their lungs work twice as hard oh, breathing uh-huh. and smoking. So they're just like increasing the strength of their lungs exponentially by doing both at the same time to make like a super long and now i'm the idiot not the person on the bike smoking now me but that's where my mind went because it was so insane to me like you're riding a bike you're getting your exercise but you're also smoking anyway those people those lance armstrong slash marlboro men of the world you you need to take a lap maybe a couple because you're on a bike so it's probably a little shorter than running but take a lap uh tony what's your second one my second lap this is a lap for uh, this is a lap for the Rochesterians in the listener in the listenership, the Rochesterians okay. of Witty Nation. I think that most of, I think that most of them will understand what I say. Take a lap, Ref Jeff. Oh no! So, <laughs> so, no, do you so. think? I, oh, do you think I'm referencing Ref Jeff from Kroll Show? Uh, Nick Kroll Show, yes, of course. No, is that not so, the only Ref Jeff? No, there's another ref Jeff in our culture over here. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, on the mists of the Genesee. No, so oh, everyone I think who has participated in four, which is the Kickball League of Rochester, which mm-hmm. is everyone who has lived in Rochester during their 20s and 30s has participated in this organization. They all know one of the referees of Ref Jeff. Matt, he's the most... I don't even know the term. But he's a ref that you don't want. He's okay. a ref that you're guaranteed to come out of your game. And you're going to have him at least once. He's a ref that you're guaranteed to come out of your game. You just got to like bolt from the field so you don't have any more ref Jeff experience under you. And when you're at the bar, you are the, the top conversation is what bullshit did ref Jeff pull on you? He is, <laughs> uh, he is like, he's both taking it way too seriously but also trying to be way too jokey, like you're in some fraternal situation with him, like you know him or care about him. And then it sounds like the real time, ref Jeff. Yeah, I guess you're, I guess it's true. I guess that in that sense, it is like the real ref Jeff. And in the What's sense the food that situation also, here? <laughs> there, ha- <laughs> there have been times that we've had ref Jeff in games, and all of a sudden, somehow, someone on my team is giving him a ride home. 
in spite of the fact that he is a stranger. This sounds very much like the the Kroll show ref Jeff. I think you're just okay. At least, at least it's uh yeah. based off of this real Rochesterian ref Jeff. In some ways, now you're. I mean, I've never connected the two, but now you are in fact making some kind of connection here that maybe I'm like, yeah, maybe Nick Kroll. Yeah, did like a stand up in Rochester one time and knew about this, this guy. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe Nicole did stand in Rochester, somehow got sucked into subbing on someone's kickball team. And yeah. then, long story short, they had ref Jeff. They lost 17 to 14 in a high scoring yeah. game. Yeah, ref Jeff is all over it, making comments. Sketch code. And then he rides his bike off. across the grass. <laughs> right, exactly. Because that's what's tough. And also, it also owns an inflatable bounce house business on the side. Oh, man, if only. Yeah, ref Jeff, real. Take a lap, ref Jeff. Version. Ref Jeff, take a lap. Tony, my third and final one. This seems like a gimme answer. Take a lap. Green Bay Packers quarterbacks, present and past. This week it came out that Brett Favre uh, stole $5 million that was supposed to be designated to things I believe Mississippi needs, like fresh water in schools. (laughs) (laughs) He just stole it from the government. I mean, Brett Favre's never been a good guy, right? Locker room, pictures, mistreating of women. Wrangler jeans. Weird, yeah, weird Wrangler jean commercials. Just not a good guy, but uh, present day Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. But also, also not quite a good a bit guy. Of a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Weird. Also not a good guy. Uh, dating a witch. He's not a good guy. Don't Aaron, Ro- Aaron he's Rodgers not a good guy. can't. No, he's not a good guy. You're right. You can't go around dressing up like Nick Cage from Con Air or whatever black get up you were in this past weekend and then put up a stink, a dud of a performance as you did in week one against the Vikings and you're dating a witch and you're on the Joe Rogan show like every week and talking about garbage. Just if you're a Green Bay Pack, Jordan Love, you might as well just start taking your lap now because if you're the future of Green Bay quarterbacks, you're not in good company here, which makes me think you're not a good guy by association. So every Green Bay quarterback past present and future take a lap wow bart star take a lap bart star is he alive still i don't know but he can fuck off take a he lap can take a lap and wherever he's in with the queen take a lap through hell yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> the queen should take a lap too by the way i will say this i know absolutely that old nothing bag. Of, <laughs> i know absolutely nothing about bart star other than that he was the he first was the first quarterback to win Super yeah. Bowl Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was Green That's Bay. all I know. <laughs> and his last name had two R's in it, weirdly. Right, exactly. I don't even Which know if also... I would have had that. Maybe that was that would have been like a fifty fifty for me. One star or two. Or three. Or three. Yeah. Just go three. If you're gonna go more than one, go wild with it. Tony, do you have any uh, other I'll t- I'll piggyback off yours of all Green Bay quarterbacks and I'm gonna say all Denver Broncos quarterbacks, past, present, oh. and future. Rough day for I quarterbacks. Know, yeah, rough day for quarterbacks because it's been a rough weekend for Russell Wilson, who really he's just stuck with just an idiotic situation of Nathaniel Hackett right. trying to manage a game and, and it just being super embarrassing to manage this game and lose to the old team that's not any good at all. Who had Geno so Smith then, as their quarterback, yeah. Exactly, yeah, with the likes of Geno Smith as their quarterback. And then to have a decision like that be made by a former Denver Broncos quarterback, John Elway, 
So now she needs to take a lap for that dumb move. Here's how the interview process should have went for Nate Hackett. Yeah. I'll I'll be John Owen. Nate, come into my office. Have a seat. Uh, I see here you were part of the Doug Marone coaching tree. Nate Hackett says, yes. Okay, interview over. You don't get the job. Yes. That's how it should have went. Mm -hmm. Not a hard decision. One time, Fred Jackson had a cool touchdown. That was it. Then it was, other than that, it was two years of terribleness. And I only remember that touchdown because I was sitting in front of the booth where the offensive coaches were, and Fred Jackson scored the touchdown, and Nate Hackett did this weird double machine gun firing thing with his wrists on his hips in his celebration. And that's the biggest thing I remember from Nathaniel Hackett. That alone should disqualify Ah. him from coaching. The celebration should disqualify him. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Tim Tebow, you can take a lap too. (laughs) <laughs> of course nate hackett went to jacksonville where, where he was not good and then he spent a couple of years in green bay where he i guess was disguised as being good because he had one of the top five quarterbacks of all time in aaron Rodgers, bad person good right. player to to shield nate hackett's terrible coaching ability uh and then john elway just steps in and gives the man a head coaching job you thought he would have learned his lesson with vance joseph who's having the time of his life still yeah, maybe not the smartest move. And you're paying Russell Wilson two hundred and fifty-ish million dollars, and you don't go for it on fourth and five. Instead, you try to take a field goal that has about a ten percent success rate. I think it was like two for forty-one uh, of field goals over sixty-four yards have been successful. So, uh, not great start for Nathaniel Hackett's coaching career here. No, it was not great. Uh, it Not was pretty all. bad. We should really be talking about him, about like we think we're just going to put hedge all our bets, put all our eggs into the basket of a 64-yard field goal. What are we doing with three what timeouts? What are we left? doing? If anything, go for it. And then they get the ball back and you can call three timeouts, go three and out. And you, I, I don't know. It was funny on the on the Manning cast, Peyton Manning, uh, somebody calculated it. Uh, Peyton Manning called timeouts 63 times. Nate Hackett, zero. Yes, I saw this video. No, maybe Peyton Manning should be a former Denver quarterback. He should probably be that coach if he wanted it. No, you can take a lap. Did. You can take you a lap. You uh, can take a lap because I'm sick of Arch Manning high school football videos. Oh, I know. They're ridiculous. That's why Peyton Manning can take a lap. You know who else? Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton was a Denver quarterback. He gave us some good times, but he left too early. Jake Plummer. So he can take a lap. Why don't you get in there, too? I'll get in a Jake Plumber got traded and retired. Take a lap. <laughs> Patrick Ramsey, you're done. Take a lap. Drew Locke, terrible pick. Take a lap. Everyone. Brian Greasy. Everyone join it on the phone. Your last name is Brian Greasy. Greasy. Take a lap. Yes, Denver quarterbacks. Take a lap. Tony, I only had one more honorable mention. Rodrigo Blankenship with oh. a som- somber tone to my voice. Was cut this week from the Colts. So he needs to take a lap because he was the last hope for Rex Becks. It's over. The Rex Specs era is done. I don't mm. know anyone else in any sport that is currently wearing Rex Specs. Kurt Rambis is tossing and turning in his grave. No, he's still alive. Never mind. But sad, sad day for Rex Specs. That was my honorable mention. Rodrigo Blankenship. I thought you were gonna have another honorable mention. Oh, I on. thought you were what? gonna. I thought it. I thought your honorable mention was going to be uh, that you were gonna say I need to take a lap. Oh yes, you Tony, you need to take a lap. The Buffalo Bills. I- I'm warmed up. Today had their garage sale, old player jerseys, practice jerseys. I texted you this morning because I was unaware. 
until you told me this morning if I was going or this afternoon. Okay. All right. Sounds more accurate. There's a lot of holes in your story that I seem to be filling in already. This afternoon, you told me I asked you to let me know what they have because I really want a random jersey, a random player jersey on the cheap. And lo and behold, I get a text at around hmm, like five o'clock asking (laughs) you if you were there. I sent you a text. Are you there? You said, yeah, I'm done already. You didn't let me know. (laughs) You didn't pick up anything for me. Listen, you need to take a lap. Listen, it would have been impossible for me to send you any kind of text or have any kind of correspondence with you. It was the most competitive shopping experience I've ever had in my life. You had to like shoulder and hip check people out of the way if you wanted a chance at anything that wasn't Cyrus Guanjo. Everyone was just flooding in, grabbing everything that they could, then making the cuts after. And then you got to like beg, borrow, and steal for anything from their piles of what they're going to cut because you can only choose five. So, I mean, I got, you know, it was, it was pandemonium. So, I mean, I got what five I could. I'm satisfied with some. I'm dissatisfied with others. Everything is a weird fit for me in of some course. capacity. Although I was I was not paying any kind of mind to the size of any jersey until finally at the end I'm like could. essentially yeah grabbing what I could trying to look at what other people have in case they're gonna like put one down back on the shelf other people are trying <laughs> to competitively try and cut deals with me I'm trying to do it with them it was a wild experience it was insane I immediately had to go to the bathroom when I got into the field house. Biggest mistake of my life. I should have just peed my pants. Who knows what jerseys I missed the opportunity to do because I went to the bathroom. Maybe one of the top dogs. Maybe one of the Maybe. biggest jerseys that was mostly sought after. I would argue Brad I would think that, of course, Brad Seaslack was the <laughs> most, the, top dog. the jersey that people would have wanted the most. I don't know. I so think what gems did you Christian find? Christian Wade's in there. I think those went early. Oh, oh okay. So Christian Wade would have been I huge. I know. And I think for many, it was I think for many, wow. Christian Wade was huge. But you want me to tell you the players that I saw that I can confirm I saw? I made a list. Are these who you saw or who you purchased? Both. Okay, go go through it. Let's see who these right. gems are. So, Cardale Jones, Robert Blanton, uh, Cyrus Quanjo. Wow. I don't remember his first name, but he was a punter, I think, and his name was Dar, D-A-R-R. Dar, Matt, Matt uh, Dar. Yeah, Matt Dar, that's it. Yeah, Matt Dar. Yep. I saw some Christian Wades. I had in my hand a Travis Brown. I had in my oh, hand wow. a Zimmer. You know I love Zimmer. I was always a Zimmer defender. There was a lot of obscure things there. A you, big you one, were a, Scott you Chandler. Were a Zim head. I, saw in, I, was okay, Zim. I still Chandler. am a Zim head. I still am a Zim head. Yeah, Scott Chandler was a big one I saw in someone else's hand. Nate Becker, Ellis Langster, a mutual friend of ours got an Ellis Langster. Nice. TJ Yeldon, Keith Ford, Chase McLaughlin okay. I had in my hand and put it down. Do you remember Chase McLaughlin? Okay. Vaguely. Was he an offensive okay. lineman? He was a kicker. He no, he was a kicker. He was like the camp kicker with, with the Hauschka. Hauschka's last year. Oh, yes. I do remember that now. Right. Sammy Seamster, Dion Lacey. And then and he seems- I feel confident that I saw from afar Avante Davis because I definitely oh, wow. saw a 22. And I'm pretty sure like as the person's body moved, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I saw a D as the first letter okay. of the name. So I'm pretty okay. sure there was that. And then, so when I left, I went on Facebook Marketplace to see what dipshits were just immediately selling them for a crazy upcharge. Sure. I only saw one, a Reggie Raglan. How wow. much do you think they were charging? 
120? Try 250. <laughs> oh my goodness. They paid $30 for it. So oh I was my not goodness. I, I almost sent them a message to be like, you're busted. I was there too. Then there was also one, and maybe you can give me insight because I still am in search. There was a mystery one. It was Jones, number 80. Donald Jones? You know, he was That's like 18, was wasn't he? No, he, he was 19. But 19, so I'm thinking, right. I'm like, was it was it Donald Jones? And he was like before he changed his number and then yeah, changed it to 80. Or did I, don't I see? I was trying to remember. Did Zay Jones do that? Was yeah, Zay maybe. Jones 80 in camp and before then he went was to 11? 11? Yeah, right. Because Donald Jones would be like too old, I think. For he would be way older than any other name that was there. Okay. So I was trying to think: Is that a camp Zay Jones? I'm still, I still don't know. I was combing through Pro Football Reference, trying to figure it out, looking at all the Joneses that possibly could have been. I don't remember Zay Jones wearing eighty, but maybe at some point he did. So then, who did I get? All right, I got a Voshan Joseph. I love Voshan Joseph. Oh, we love coming out. I was so excited, so excited we drafted him. Played in like three snaps in one game for the Bills. I still believe in Voshan Joseph. I still do too. As you know, I'm a huge fan of Daryl Johnson. I grabbed a Daryl Johnson. I actually at one point had two Daryl Johnsons. I do. Yeah, he was Mm -hmm. the best dancer on the team in that era. The best dancer on the team. The best. He was the best man. So that era of two years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I at one point had two Daryl Johnsons in my hand. Like a game one and like ones that like a fan would buy in the store. Yeah. And then I put one down. I said, this, I don't need to do this. This is too much. You don't need to. The one that I regret the most as I'm like caught up into it, I grabbed a John Connor game one. Oh, where some of the Terminator. I grabbed a John Connor game one. Yes, exactly. The Terminator. Wow. Got a real theme because last year I grabbed a Jerome Felton game one. Gosh, so it's like I got like a real fullback thing going on here now. Yeah. And even though I don't, I don't love fullbacks. But although if you if you wear like, a Patrick DeMarco jersey like, in my site, we're not friends anymore. Yes, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would not do that. I have a Voshan Joseph, a Daryl Johnson, a John Connor. Oh, the one that I'm the most excited about, a Cam Lewis, UB nice. zone. Wow. Very yeah. I'm excited about that. That might be what I wear on Monday. That's my nice. top candidate to wear on Monday, is that. And and the jersey that I'm wearing now, a practice jersey of one of our podcast favorites, Mike Love himself. Wow. Good finds, Tony. Good. The Mike Love. Good, so good collection there. Mike Love I had to trade for. And I oh, traded okay. and I traded a Justin Zimmer for a Mike Love. And I like that I, call. as you know, I'm a Zim head, but I'm like, I think I like Mike just a millimeter more. And what gave him mm-hmm. the edge for me, Mike Love is on the team. The size. Like Mike Love's. Right. currently no like michael is currently on the practice squad right so this is a current player this is the only current player i have seen in this whole thing i gave up zimmer so there, zimmer's zimmer's gone zimmer's in the past so there's a real like black a, market someone on site here bartering, in many trading, ways yeah you did have it was very intense it was intense wow it was an intense experience i feel like very i kind of swindled the guy because i wanted to be like he's like He's like, who's Zimmer again? He was just on the team recently. It's like a 55-year-old guy that I'm bartering with. I'm like, yeah, I think even, you know, last year, last couple of years. And he's like, so you want this love? And I'm like, yeah, I think I would trade Zimmer for love. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah. dude, Mike Love is in the building right now. You're in the field house. <laughs> he's here. 
you right. don't even know what's going on. So that's what you don't even know who this is. Yeah. So it gave him the edge. So it gave me the edge on do, executing that trade. Right. That's what it's oh, all good, about. Good, also, the Mike Love. Pull. The Mike Love one is also the best fit of the five that I got. That, that makes sense because all the other guys are much bigger. Well, not much, but significantly bigger. 20 pounds or so and whatever. No, good for Cam Tony. Lewis. Cam uh, Lewis is too small. The Cam Lewis jersey is too small for you? Well, it's not too small for me, but it's it's pretty tight. Okay, interesting. I mean, it's a practice. Um, so, you know. Good. Well, you still need to take a lap because, again, I don't care how intense it was. You could have pulled a Cam Lewis for me. Well, man, I'm going to counter your lap with saying you need to take a lap because guess what? You're being hypocritical. I worked. <laughs> I worked and couldn't go. But you know what? No, else? because you're being hypocritical because it continues tomorrow. And I'm unable you want me to, to go tomorrow. Do you want me to? Here, let's do it live on this podcast. Do you want me to go tomorrow and try to get stuff for you? And then we can maybe make a trade internally. Oh, interesting. Very what interesting. I could be interested in that. Okay. I could be interested. I okay. could be interested in that scenario because there are some okay. things that I have in my mind that would be available tomorrow that I am wondering if they're going to be available and I cannot go. Namely, a Bills winter rain jacket. Yeah, that would be. That nice. would be really. That would, that's my top target for tomorrow. Okay. If I go tomorrow, we will have our own witty, not funny co-host black market of former the witty market Bills items. Yes. <laughs> Tony, you know what else was an intense experience? The Bills season opener against the Rams. Are you ready to talk some Bills? It was, and I am. Let's do it, Marv. I've never felt so good saying this because the Bills stomped the Rams. But Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, and so are the Bills, Witty Nation. Tony. Because the Bills are back, because the season has started, guess what that means? The return of the So Bad It's Good review. Do you have your notes ready? Hold on. Let me break out my yellow legal pad. Break it out. Take copious amounts of notes. I want to know your thoughts. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready as of right now. Now. Go. Keep the music. Now. I am going. I'm going. Let me go. Here we go. We head to SoFi where the Bills played so fine, making the Super Bowl champ Rams feel like the Super Bowl chumps to kick off the NFL season. Beam me up, said Nick Scotty, because star Josh Allen sent the Rams safety's face on a trek to the turf, setting the tone early with one stiff arm that gave the Bills Mafia a stiff third leg. Stefan Diggs' dominant route running made John Bonet not the only missing Ramsey uh, that night, and Gabe Gina Davis was in a league of his own, picking up right where he left off last year with 88 yards and a touchdown. Despite Cooper's two girls, one cup, pooping all over the Bills' secondary, Thursday night, and AJ saved my life. As Epinesa, Von Miller, and the defensive line indeed had Matt looking as cheap as a staff forward focus with seven sacks. Let's send it to Isaiah McKenzie for a quick game reveal. It's a Bills win. Bills 31, Rams 10. Tony, what are your thoughts? First one of the season, maybe getting some rust off. What do you got? What was the two girls one cuff reference? Who's who's the two girls? Nobody. No, there's no two girls. It's just a reference it was just to play off the word cup oh cooper cup is the two okay it's cooper two cooper, girls one cup cooper, okay it was cooper two girls one cup pooping all over the bills secondary because <laughs> he yeah, actually yeah. played a okay. good game all right oh i agree he did but he was the only one he was the, the only Rams. one yes yeah 
So I'm looking at uh, bravo to your jump of so fine to so fine. Feel like you. you could have been a little bit expanded, like in some lyrics or some like a she's so fine. That's probably a song or somewhere. This is what I'm questioning. Rams looked more like the chumps, as though Rams is like the opposite, as though chumps is you know some version of the opposite of Rams. And I was trying to think. Oh, I'm like, all right, champs is-, is the opposite. Chumps is the opposite of champs. Oh, yeah, all right. So the Super Bowl champ Rams look like, the, like Super the Super Bowl, Bowl chumps. Chump goats. No, because goat is greatest <laughs> of all time. So it need to be other. That's goat. The opposite of ram. So they're yeah snail like uh oh yeah something like that turtle. I think it still has to be yeah, like on turtle. A- I'm like a mountain. Yeah. I thought I thought you were going to appreciate the line, Stefan Diggs, dominant route running, made John Benet not the only missing Ramsey that night. Mm. A little I controversial. I do appreciate that. I would say so. Especially it's too since soon in the last to make John jokes. I think, I think we're past that, right? Mm. I mean, some have not gotten over it yet, but I'm not one of those people. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Bills 31 to 10. Let's just look big picture for a sec. A ton of preseason hype, a lot of early Super Bowl favorite predictions going the Buffalo Bills way in the national media, local media, everywhere. The Bills were the hot team. And despite it being week one, despite it being the first game of the NFL season, those preconceived notions whatever preconceived hype everyone was giving us seems very well deserved because the bills looked dominant other than maybe like a 10 minute stretch in the second quarter where they started shooting themselves in the foot a little Mm -hmm. the bills dominated this game from start to finish they looked like a team in mid-season form both offense and defensively which was my biggest concern coming into this game because typically and I mentioned this last episode, a Sean McDermott team in this era, in this Josh Allen era, does not come out great week one, typically. Last year was the Steelers, loss at home, looking very bad. The previous two years from that, both wins against the Jets, but did not look good doing it either time. Usually a slow start for the Sean McDermott Bills, not the case this time around in the year 2022. They just put a curb stopping on the Super Bowl champs, and I could not feel better about where this team is going, what they can accomplish if they stay healthy, if all the variables that could be variables play out the right way. This was probably the best result we could have had week one. Obviously, a win is the best result, but the way they looked is the best result. They beat the Los Angeles Rams by three touchdowns despite having four turnovers two fumbles, two interceptions, and they still beat the Los Angeles fans by 21 points. I was on the sit down with Anthony from Built in Buffalo on Friday, and he asked a good question, I thought. And I want to get your thoughts, Tony. I'll start off with this. Uh, right. are, the, are, are the Bills that good or were the Rams that bad? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say 80% the Bills are that good, 20% the Rams are that bad. Okay. Now, I would say I think the Rams have put themselves in a position where they're just a little bit one-dimensional. And when you're against the be- one of the best secondaries in the league, if not the best secondary in the league, that's going to get you. And against Leslie Frazier, a very good defensive mind and a very good defensive coordinator, that's going to get exploited. 
Now, it takes a lot of talent to exploit that, and the Bills have a lot of talent, and they look good. I think they would have won anyway based on just roster-to-roster situation-to-situation. But damn, the Bills look good, and they figured stuff out. They made they made good adjustments. They made moves to improve their situation. They tightened things up, and they had a new attitude. Obviously, you know, there are things to look at. There are ways to learn of it, but so many objective eyes that were on it, whether it be national pundits who were just gushing and raving about what they saw to the local people that are stopping me on sidewalks and hallways and around town, just saying, I tell you what, I was just impressed with everything the Bills did. And it was hard not to be. There was so many aspects that situations looked good and looked all right. Now, what I can't wait for is next week when we find James Cook out of fumble jail and into and like put on display. Because my thought process is that the six receptions that were taken by Zach Moss were supposed to be and in any other situation would be done by James Cook. So I can't wait to see Cook Cook when he's out of fumble jail. That's what I'm most excited about. Which could take a while. Well, when you slow roast things, when you slow cook things, they usually end up juicy and delicious. Good, good cook pun there. Slow cook things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, I think, the the best outcome that Bill's Mafia could hope for. Not only do we get the win on the road, the way they looked, and especially the franchise, J17, the chosen one, Joshua Patrick Allen, 26 for 31, 300 yards, practically three picks two touchdowns also 56 yards rushing with a touchdown added there i want to talk about like the legacy of josh allen or what's going to be the legacy of josh allen the way he had so much control of this offense right from the get-go just surgically picking apart the rams defense short passes hot reads just looked in complete control of this offense for the first time in his four years here as a Buffalo Bills quarterback. And I think I've hit the point because of that, because it's something I've never seen him do before or really never seen him do before that efficiently, I should say. I think I've hit the point where we are so lucky because not only is he a Buffalo Bills quarterback, he's the quintessential Buffalo made on off the field football player. I think we're really seen and I'm going to get a little existential here like something super special right before our eyes happening he could be the face of the NFL the face of the franchise he could go down as not only the best player this franchise has ever had but maybe one of the best players the NFL has ever seen if he continues on this this path he's on every year he gets better despite talk of regression despite talk of slowing down despite whatever negativity that can bring him down. He just adds like layers and layers to his game. It's almost as if he is unstoppable. The only person that can stop him, much like the Bills team themselves, the only person that can stop Josh Allen is himself. The only the team that can stop the Bills seem to be themselves at this point. I just think we're witnessing something truly special. And that might be a gross overreaction to one week, but uh, the way he just picked apart that Rams team just seemed quick control of the offense. Tony, I, I am in amazement of his play on the field and the fact that he's a Bills quarterback, how we got so lucky to draft him 
to pick a quarterback the year he came out and him be the guy and for him to turn out this way. It's just mind blowing to me beyond belief. Matt, there was something that I have to process often. Everything that you said, I do it all the time in summer, especially because in summer when I'm thinking like when my mind is wandering, I may go in summer to Josh Allen being a bill and how just wild it is that he's just everything you want at everything. And that's why, you know, it's like we say around here, like it's our biggest fear of will Josh Allen become Peyton Manning or will he become Aaron Rodgers? And that fear that he will become Aaron Rodgers, that the effect of fame and success will will get to him. And it doesn't seem like things are set up because the kid is so grounded. He's so down to earth. He's so, you know, he's everything you want in a football player. He's everything you want in a neighbor a community member. It's so solid. I do often think and express and go and consider myself to have so much gratitude that Josh is there. And that's, that's why we see it. Like, and it's almost surreal to hear people who I know who aren't Bill's fans and just to hear them talk about Josh, like without a bias and just like indifferently of just as a football fan, they're talking the way that they're talking about Josh Allen. Like that makes it so much fun to be a Bill's fan right now is to hear those kinds of conversations and to witness those kinds of like talks and thoughts. And it's just crazy. I'm so glad he's here. Now I just hope he stays healthy for God's sakes, please. But that's where I'm at. Did you know, I also, I also learned a lot about Josh Allen recently because I completed the crossword puzzle on the back of my box of Josh Jacks. Oh, good. I never knew. Tell us what you learned. I never knew he, well, I learned he has a dog named Sky. Okay. Which I never knew before. I've never seen Josh Allen with a dog. I knew he had a dog. I didn't know his name or the okay. its name. I think that's everything that I learned that was new. I think I basically knew everything okay. else. Did All right. I I learned the uh, save the uh, proper spelling of Oshai, which is maybe the only other thing I didn't really know or that you I learned. O e o e s h i. I think it's O i s h a i. Oh. Oh, O S H E I. Is that what we think it is? O I S H E I. Yes. Oh yeah, O I S H I. That's right. O I S H I. O I S H I. So you are. So you. So you are two. Two very minor facts from the Josh Allen crossword puzzle that you didn't yeah, know before. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> okay. Facts. Change your life. Probably not worth it to talk on a podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> but just an amazing game uh, from Josh, and I feel like this is the first time we've really seen Ken Dorsey's offense, right? And Josh looked, like I said, in complete control of this offense. I really think when Josh started forcing things, there, there came a point in the second quarter that they kind of started shooting themselves in the foot a little. And I thought Josh got in his superhero mindset, let's just call it, where Josh thinks he can make every throw because it's a super tight window. He has a very strong arm. And there were a lot of throws in this game where – after the completion, I just shook my head in disbelief because I said, if that's not Josh Allen throwing that ball, that's an interception. No other quarterback is making that pass and completing it. But Josh started forcing things a little. And then I think Dorsey did the smart thing and started running him. And whether it's yeah, the yes. Dorsey, Dorsey's that call. That was the difference or, to me. Yeah. Dor- whether it was Dorsey's call or Allen just saying, I need to get in this game. It feels like when Josh Allen starts to run the ball, he goes into like, remember when Hulk Hogan used to wrestle and he started to get down and then he'd Hulk up and he'd just like 
get in this state where he was unstoppable. Of course. <laughs> Josh Allen, when he runs the ball, it feels like he's hulking up to me. Mm-hmm. Like he's in the game, he's taking hits, he's making plays. He's the difference maker. He's stiff arming guys. He's running over guys. It's not without the equal sense of straight fear because he's getting smacked. And at one point, I think the Rams just said, F it, we're just going to hit him as hard as we can. There was a point in the game where Josh Allen had a run. I don't know if it was like a QB draw or something, but at the end of the play, after the whistle, Josh Allen had like one leg above the Rams guy's head and he was getting like jostled up and down with like one leg to the ground, one foot to the ground. And I'm just like, stop the count. Stop the, stop the <laughs> play. Just blow the whistle, please, before this guy gets his leg ripped up. So there are by no means a lack of scary moments when Josh Allen gets in, uh, gets running with the ball. But I feel like it gets him in this state of mind where it translates then to his throwing downs where he's just in the zone, starting to make his progressions. It's just like a, it almost refocuses him. That, that That's my take on it. The, the running plays refocus Josh Allen and put him in this, this Hulkamania-like state. For sure. That's what I think, too. That's what I was thinking the whole first half, like with those interceptions, which to whatever extent you think that Josh, you know, should carry some burden on those interceptions is whatever. I'm like, I don't think they would have happened if Josh was unleashed to run as he would want to. Like, I would think that a lot of these balls being forced because not every option is available because Josh has an instinct to run, you know, if he knows that the throw is not safe. So I kind of wish, I'm like, yeah, would he have thrown into Isaiah McKenzie in that situation or would he have tried to take it himself? And I'm glad that in the second half he had more options to take it himself. I think that's a piece to his sort of psychological processes is that, you know, you take one option away and it kind of takes his rhythm away of that. I have to do this or, you know, like take, take one step in his brain functions away. And then, you know, it takes, it takes like a lot of the naturalness away of how his brain is working and functioning and, and interpreting the play. So that's what I was thinking during the first half. Then during the second half, he was allowed to run and we all see what happened. So what I'm saying is I should be on the bill coaching staff you should i've been saying that for years now tony yeah why hasn't we all have <laughs> right i don't know it should happen probably because i'm can super we start unqualified can we, just, <laughs> can we start a change.org petition to get you on the bills coaching staff should we do this a kickstarter I maybe i love this idea put tony on the bills coaching staff kickstarter i like it let's make it happen yeah he was the offense and we finally have a player that teams just have to not only game plan around, yeah. but even if they even if they do game plan around Josh Allen and try to negate whatever positive effect he's going to have on the game, it seems like it's not going to work. Josh Allen just has not only the skill set, but also the improvisational skills to just make magic happen. I, I know I'm a Bill's homer, and it's probably that this next sentence is coming from that place, but he feels unstoppable. <laughs> I don't know how you stop. I don't know how you stop him. I don't know how you stop this offense. Quite frankly, if this offense, I said it in the past and I'll say it again. If this offense lines up four wide every time and they get adequate, just adequate blocking <laughs> along the front five, I don't see anybody stopping. Like you go Davis, Diggs, Crowder and McKenzie. 
Who's stopping that? Nobody. You go Knox, even though he wasn't effective this game, but still, it's, this offense is just on another level. And that's the problem, though, because I expect perfection. I expect 35 points every game. And I know it's not going to happen because I know they're going to falter like they did last year against Jacksonville or last year against the Colts. But that's the level we've hit now is they're so good. They seem so dialed in that anything less than perfection seems inadequate. I would say that's how all of us feel. We have become spoiled. It only took a few years. (laughs) I am not looking forward to when that game takes place. And maybe it will be the Titans game that all of a sudden everything just like, you know, like someone's hair is out of place and we are just panicking. Right. I'm not looking forward Uh, to that situation. No, not at all. I mean, inevitably this year, there's going to be that game that you mentioned. There's going to be the game when we end up kind of faltering, when we end up sort of like blowing it and it ends up some weird thing happens like a Pittsburgh game or like a Jacksonville game or like a New England game in the weather game of last year. And I'm just not looking forward to when that happens because it's going to be such a fall from grace. If this is just the natural high of one win and it's only going to build from here with every win, it's going to be it's going to be a tough fall. It's going to be pretty depressing. I mean, hopefully we don't have to experience something like that this year. It it doesn't feel like that is going to happen this year. It feels like last year, like, for example, the Jacksonville game, they kind of went into it thinking no matter what they did, as long as they showed up, they would win. I don't get a feeling with this team this year. Mm. I don't feel like they're going to yeah. have that. Attitude. I feel like they're truly on a mission this year to take it all. Like, And they're not going to take any weeks off. They're not going to overlook any teams. There's no trap games on the schedule because they're just week after week just going to be dialed in with this new defensive line, with the new offense with Ken Dorsey. I feel like everyone is just like comfortable with everything. There doesn't seem to be any animosity in the coaching staff. Like there's always those reports of Dermot not happy with Frazier, not happy with Dable's play calling. It just seems like everyone's just dialed in this year. But speaking of Ken Dorsey's offense, what were your first impressions? First time seeing it in action. Obviously happy with the results, I'd assume. You had your qualms with Brian Dable's offense. You had you had things that bothered you. Runs on second and long, for example. What did you think of Ken Dorsey's offense, Tony? Were you were you happy with it? Were you excited about the potential and what you've seen and what you could see this season? Yes to all that. Mashed potatoes and gravy, Matt. It was pretty good-looking offense. It was, I was impressed. I liked the play calling. There was only one time that I said, like, you know, under my breath, oh, well, that was a stupid play call. And I don't even remember when it was. I know it was a run, but... I just thought it was dumb at the time. Everything else I was I was quite satisfied with. Um, I was extremely satisfied with like every with the execution of every play that like we went for it. You know, every touchdown, I really liked what I saw out of those, especially. And I know one was Josh that he kind of like drew it up himself or at least edited a play with Diggs. The the Diggs one, of course, I'm talking about. But yeah, I like the big plays. I like the small plays. We're getting good chunks. I'm impressed with the offensive line. Like, they're getting it done. Uh, I just hope everything stays healthy as the piece of that. That's kind of all it takes for me. It was, it was good. No note, Essentially, no notes for Ken Dorsey. I liked it. I'm looking forward to seeing more. I'm addicted to seeing more. I can't wait. It was 
so far so good. I loved about 95% of what I saw. I loved, loved, loved the first touchdown to Gabe Davis where he yep. kind of come, comes in and fake blocks and then goes out as Allen rolls because that's the type of offense I love. And Brian Dable did that two years ago, got away from it last year, but a lot of pre-step motion, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of things that make the defenders make a choice, make them think, keep them on their toes. Like, do I go with Gabe Davis and let Josh run for 20 yards on a rollout? Or do I go to Josh and leave Gabe Davis wide open? <laughs> like, and then someone has to cover over the top and account for that person. You know, it, it keeping the defense on their toes like that is an offense I love to see. That was such a well-drawn up play at the right time. Yeah, so very happy with it. Very surprised, I guess, by some of the running plays. Uh, a lot of sweeps were in there, which that's a new wrinkle for Ken Dorsey. I feel True. like Dable didn't run a ton of sweeps. There's a lot of off tackle stuff. So that was a little surprising. And half of I have half a mind to think those plays are specifically designed for James Cook. And when he fumbled and got in the doghouse, mm. then they stuck with the plays. But different personnel obviously had to run the play and maybe not the personnel that's suited to run that play. And like Zach Moss or Singletary, there was only two plays that really like got my goat. And that was a Josh Allen run in the fourth quarter when we have the game well in hand and we're up. Three, three scores like Josh Allen. I think it was a QB draw, maybe a rollout, and he decided to run. Like, and if it's Josh himself doing that, don't do that, Josh. Like, you don't need to do that. I know you love football and you love taking hits and all that that's involved, but it's unnecessary and we don't need you hurt. Um, and at that point, you're just probably pissing off a already PO defense. So, not that. And then after James Cook's fumble, he's in the doghouse. He comes back in the game. I think it was the third quarter for one play. And it's an RPO. Josh is in shotgun, and it's an RPO with James Cook. But it's like, did anybody believe on the defense of the Rams that they were going to hand it off to James Cook in that moment after he fumbled? I certainly didn't. I can't imagine the Rams didn't. But you faked as if you would, and then you ran with Josh. Like, don't do that. <laughs> if, I, if I know the play... Or if I know what's not going to be the play and it's not going to be a handoff to James Cook because he just fumbled the ball this this game and the first play you put him in, you're not going to give it right back to him. Or it's likely you're not going to give it back to him. Uh, I'm guessing the Rams and professional coaches and players know the play too. So they don't like that call. But otherwise, flawless execution from the Bills offense. Really great play calling from Dorsey. Very happy with, with what I saw from this Bills offense in their first go around. Uh, the wide receivers did not miss a beat. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs torching Jalen Ramsey, which is great to see because Jalen Ramsey has talked for two years crap about Josh Allen, about him getting drafted that high, about how he's not, how he's not a good player, yada, yada, yada. So to have a perfect passer rating against said Jalen Ramsey, also side note, was number nine on the top 100, NFL top 100. Josh Allen was 13. That list is garbage, as we all know. For sure. And one of my favorite moments, I think, of Thursday night's game, after the long Diggs touchdown, not only does Diggs get in Ramsey's face and join with him, which was great because <laughs> there was a play earlier where it was a like a crossing route in the back of the end zone and Josh was a little late to it and Jalen Ramsey deflected it and was like waving his finger and 
Like you made one play guy. Come on. So for Diggs to get in his face after the touchdown, Ramsey's face, that is. And then to have Josh Allen book it down the field 50 yards to also get in Jalen Ramsey's face and trash talk him. Mm. That's the swagger I needed to see from week one. That's the swagger of a team that all the media pundits pick to win the Super Bowl. Like you come out the gate, you make your mark against the Super Bowl defending champions, and you do it with swagger. You get in their faces, you trash talk. You act as if they have no chance in that game, and you're sending a message to the rest of the NFL saying, if you're playing us, you are not going to win. We are winning every single game this year. That's the swagger that I didn't see any other team in week one have that the Bills have currently. So really great to see Gabe Davis did not miss a beat from his historical playoff performance against Kansas City the last time we saw him take meaningful snaps. 88 yards touchdown looks just so fit to be the number two in this offense, a wide receiver number two in this offense. Uh, those guys didn't miss a beat. The running game looked good. Devin Singletary, I thought, looked good for his the, the few carries he had. I thought Zach Moss looked good. Zach Moss's only problem right now is he's been in the doghouse with Bill's Mafia for yeah, a good year and a half now. That I feel mm-hmm. like Zach Moss's mentality is to fight for every single yard he possibly can and usually when an nfl player fights for every inch every yard tries to get that extra he usually fumbles and that's exactly what happened to zach moss so zach zach just use your use your talent that's all i'm saying just take it down a notch you know you won't press us by holding on to the ball just as much as you would fighting for that extra inch so um but just a stellar stellar performance from this offense to start the season absolutely especially with the running backs in the versatility just like of the two that's why i'm really curious to see what james cook is going to look like in you know in action and what the whole offense is going to look like with that wrinkle in there when it's not just a healthy scratch keeping someone out of the game um, but what it does and i can't wait for khalil shakir to make his premiere do you think that how do you think that's going to go down you think it's going to take an injury or you think he's gonna game plan dependent kind of thing right think it's going to take an injury at this point oh wow okay all right i I think mcdermott is really oh i think mcdermott's very like if it's working don't mess with it kind of guy Mm -hmm. okay so until we see like jameson crowder drop a ball or someone mckenzie get hurt or you know something that forces shakir into the offense I, i think he'll he'll be inactive at least for the for the first half of this season, like they did with Marquez Stevenson last year. I know he was injured, but he becomes active later in the season and they start getting him involved a little more and on kickoffs and whatnot. Uh, I think that's kind of the same path we'll see with the He-Wolf, which is upsetting because we need to establish the He-Wolf nickname as soon as we can. The earlier, yeah. the better. This It needs to be a thing. Oh, for sure. And I mean, we've already discussed this. It's definitely our strongest nickname. And I do oh, think yes. that it would take... I mean, I'm trying to think, like, he was Mr. Everything in college. So I'd like to see yeah. how much of that, how much of his diverse array of skills um, translates into right. the NFL, or at least in the minds of of uh, Ken Dorsey of, like, well, he's going to be our guy for this. Like, what what is that thing going to be? I'm just excited because I have the taste in my mouth of it from week one. And now I just like mm-hmm. want to have that expand. I have like an addiction thing happening here that I'm, I'm looking for this, <laughs> this to expand. I want to see just more and more and more. 
And then by week six, I'm going to be like, I've seen too much. Yeah. You got to, this is like, you got to trade for like a super cool something like fullback or something that's going to ignite. (laughs) So you can buy their jersey in a garage sale. Yeah. So you can grab their jersey in two (laughs) years. So I can grab their jersey in seven years. Uh Tony needs all the fullback jersey. Not Patrick DeMarco. Everyone except except DeMarco. DeMarco. Nobody talks about him. It's like he wasn't even on the team. He is erased from the history of this organization. Yeah. Tony, before we uh, get in to the defense, let's just move to special teams real quick because I think this is super important to not only the success of this Thursday night opening game, but the success of this Bills this entire season. Sam Martin's holding was on point. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable holding. Unbelievable. I've never seen a ball held that well in my life. No way. Who has? I don't know why his jersey has not been called upon to be received at Canton as like right. one, as the it best held be. game in history. It should that, get that thing under glass. Right. Exactly. I mean, that was a superb performance from Sam Martin, not for kicking because he didn't punt. It's the fourth right. time in the last six games the Bills have not punted, by the way. Yeah. Fun fact. But his holding, it was just, I, I can't even, is there a comparison? Hmm. Like the first time you hear Freebird, is that like? A, oh, is that like a? I was trying to comparison? think. Of, I was trying to think of like specifically great holdings in history. Oh, great holding! The the Hoover Dam holds a lot of water. That's a good holding. Oh, okay, yeah, like that's a holding. I was thinking yeah, about like that, uh, like like the Olympic torch, like someone running with the Olympic torch. Yep, that's a good one. It's a great holding. Mm-hmm. Stock holdings. Okay, Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This guy holding like Bernie Madoff. That's a joke that um, everyone will surely understand with ease and find hilarious. Find hilarious. What about like um let's go let's just go West Coast with it since we're in LA anyway. Uh what about the hold power of LA looks hair gel? <laughs> if you say so, that's your department. Remember LA looks they had like the neon blue and yellow and all kind of wacky colors of hair. It was just oh, the loopiest the... globby yeah. stuff ever. I do. I but can it picture it. You now. Look cool. now, now that you're saying now that you're saying it, I can I can picture it and think about it. Yeah. Yes. The whole like LA looks. Yeah. I think it was like literally an element on the periodic table on its own. <laughs> it was like carbon, hydrogen, LA looks. Mm-hmm. It was that chemically. Yeah. What are some other great holds? Or is Sam Martin just in a class of his own at this point? Mm. Uh Wilson Phillips. Hold on for one more day. It's a great hold. That's a good hold. Yeah, I was thinking of yeah. the classic Dimitri Martin joke of how the ice at the bottom of your cup are in an alliance and it's hold brothers hold attack now go like that's the hold I think of hold position okay. hold like you know hold, hold position. position yeah right right so many good holds but none compare to Sam Martin and his holding ability Tony I have to put you on the spot here because for weeks on weeks on weeks with the punter who shall not be named on this podcast from here on out. I am on the record as to say anyone can hold. It's not a very complicated skill set. And this guy comes in with a week of chemistry building with his kicker and just puts on a Hall of Fame level holding performance. Tony, anyone can hold. Anyone can play special teams. You call me naive. I call it factual. Mm, I think you're saying this from a place of privilege 
that you're not recognizing. I think you're exposing your blind spots right now. That's what I think. You know who can't hold? The blind. People without arms. Oh, wow. Okay. You with thoughts. The fing- holding onto a thought. The fingerless. The fingerless, yeah. Jason Pierre Paul. suffer from extremely high anxiety. Wow. Oh, that's a great joke. I cannot believe. I cannot believe that's not like a commonly told joke in NFL circles about how, how Jason Pierre Paul cannot hold. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make a note to that in my phone and just try and like integrate it in the conversation tomorrow. And can never get a face mask penalty. Just think of that as well. That's that's true. That is true. A lot of advantages to the fingerless NFL player. Yeah. But yeah, no, Sam Martin, fantastic performance. Uh, Tony, moving on to the defense, we have to start with the newest face faces on the Bills defense, and that's on the defensive line. Von Miller is returned to L.A., two sacks, everything in terms of an introduction I could hope for as a Bills fan. Not only was he a game changer, he was impactful. He finished plays. It's everything we hope for when we signed him and more, I think, because this is what we were kind of getting at for the whole summer of like, not only is Von Miller going to be impactful, but it's a trickle down effect of his impact is going to lead to guys like Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, AJ Epinesa, shocker, having an impact, making their jobs easier. What Von Miller does makes other jobs easier along that defensive line. Uh, Greg Rousseau, I thought it was uh, a storybook performance to start your Bills career. Um, this is way better than Mario Williams. I will say that. Like, oh, right yeah. off the bat here. Yes. Way better already. I was super impressed yes. with the defensive line across the board. Um, so I- I'm sure you share in that sentiment. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Um, uh, you you took all my thoughts. Von Miller as a presence on the defensive line, fantastic. He was always getting great penetration. Von Miller as a mentor on the defensive line. Von Miller as a press conference personality comes in. He always is great. Uh, whatever, like you know, he's always got he's right always got cameras, sound bites yeah. on sound bites. Yeah, he's fantastic there. Um. Overall, yes, fantastic. Really like, and let's not forget, you know, it's not just him. There's other new additions on the defensive line. Jordan Phillips looked fantastic. Uh, Daquan Jones looked, you know, held his own, looking good. Tim Settle looked good. It was, it was top to bottom. Like the re, the redone defensive line is showing, showed up for sure on that fateful Thursday evening. And I hope that Oliver's okay, obviously, as we all do, um, right. or can have like, you know, a speedier recovery than maybe is even healthy for him. And we, uh, and we have our, and, and, and we really got something cooking, Matt. We really got something cooking. It's as, cool. It's a cool defensive line. And it's hey, a very hey, cool hey, feeling. You know, you know, who, you know, who had a good, hey. you know, had a good day. You know, had a good day. Jordan Phillips. AG Epinesa. I know. That was shocking to me. Like, the forgotten man this summer. I'll yeah, talk with Rousseau. So everyone like can't stand him. I, I like AJ Epinesa. I'm voting for I'm rooting for his success. I haven't written him off yet. He's that's look at him now. Thriving. Right. He's thriving. Thriving. Um guess who else made a big play? Boogie Basham. Love him. Boogie, minus twenty pounds. He looks thin. Looks in shape. Yeah, he does look thin. He's like a he's like the poster boy for a before and after photo 
or yeah, they should hold have know. him hold his big pants. Yeah, exactly. Picture. They should have yeah, like a Nutra system ad or Weight yeah, Watchers. Or just like That's a it. Bill's ad, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not Weight Watchers. WW. Right. Yeah, right. Um, they're a sponsor. Oh, sorry. The sorry, they're they're a future sponsor. That's right. We should we should get get the uh, branding right. Um, I just wanted to quote when it comes to Von Miller. I just want to quote the great George Costanza because I share in this sentiment as well when it as it relates to Von Miller. Uh, as George Costanza once said, "Yes, I look forward to many years of looking at triangles." And if I had to look at the back of Von Miller's head with that triangle <laughs> on it for years and years, and he's having multiple sacks a game and making an impact every game on this team, I am a okay with that. Just like George Costanza loved triangles, I love triangles too. That's what it means to have Bob Miller play the way he does. What is what did he say the triangle means again? He it, there's a couple instances with George and triangles, right? It's he oh, buys no, the no, art. No, no, no. I'm talking about Vaughn. I'm not talking about George. I know what the triangles mean to George. Oh, they mean okay. he has to they mean he has to boost the mood of Elaine's, you know, ex-boyfriend to get him out of the coma or to get him into his recovery right. from the coma. We know what the triangles. Uh Von Miller is quoted as saying as it relates to his hairstyle of the triangle on the back of his head. Uh, quote, a triangle represents manifestation, enlightenment, revelation, and a higher perspective. Much like George in his triangle, uh, his, his triangle hat. I, I don't even know what I would classify that as. But um, yes, it's a uh, spiritual meaning for Von Miller. Of course. Well, it's what working for me. What else do you say? I would it's say working I'm, for all of us. It's working for us. If we if we win it all, will I get a triangle haircut potentially? Oh, everyone will. Everyone will. Do you know how, believe- you know how many kid kids at school are going to rock the triangle haircut? They might already be doing yeah. it. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I I wonder if on Monday night, how many triangle haircuts I'm going to see amongst Gold Mafia. I know, maybe quite a bit. Um, other than that, though, defensive line showed up. Um, just moving back through the linebackers. I thought even Tremaine Evans played really well. And you know what? The one thing that I worried about going into the season with this defense based on the preseason was the tackling. And they were extremely efficient tackling. And guys like Tremaine Edmonds tackling Cooper Cup in the open field, where if he doesn't make that tackle, that's not good. Like, that's a big play for the Rams. Um they tackled extremely well throughout the defense was the one thing I was worried about. Uh, they put all those worries to rest, at least for one week. Um, the rookies in the secondary, Benford and Elam splitting snaps. Both looked pretty good. I thought Benford looked better, and that's why I think he got the start. But I'm not worried about Kyler, Kyler Elam. I think it's a, it's a process with him. He's a guy coming from a mostly man scheme at Florida. And he's learning Sean McDermott's zone scheme. He has the athleticism. He has the smarts and the intelligence. So I'm not worried about him. He's going to learn it. He's going to get better. So it's just a good problem to have. Like to have two guys who can start week one against the Super Bowl champs and the Bills defense as a whole doesn't really miss a beat because of it Um, or despite it, I should say. So uh, very happy with the defense. I'm very happy with both the offense and the defenses schematically. I think their game plan was mm-hmm. super sound on both sides of the ball. I think at halftime, one of the things I've criticized this coaching staff for is making proper halftime adjustments and not just sticking with, you know, 
square peg and round hole situation, sticking with what they go with and not, even though it's not working, just driving it home and it continues not to work. They made the proper halftime adjustments. Um, so all in all, Tony, I'm super happy. What do you, what are your thoughts about the defense? Uh, like, let's talk about the, those two rookie cornerbacks. What did you think of, of Benford and Elam? They, they belonged. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of like, uh, like it gets you worried about Elam. I think more so just because we hear so much about Benford and like, he's not Benford. So like, you know, if we accept Benford is good, then we must accept that maybe Elam is bad. And, you know, like, that's not it. I'm not worried. I, th- I think that they're really, I think Benford is like a centimeter better at this point, but lower ceiling, you know? And it's also like a, it's a scheme dependent thing. Whereas one is better in the zone. One is better in the man. So, uh, you know, there's a place for both of them to run this defense successfully until Trey gets back. Dane is going to be right. fine. I'm curious if, as they grow, as they really, in a sense, you know, are both high ceiling athletes. Um, oh, yeah. Will, will they take over for Dane at some point? And is it going to be, although, although Dane was really good with? this game. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone looks like they belong. So will it, is it going to be Elam and Benford at some point? And Dane is backing things up. Time will tell. But that's just a testament that we're even thinking that way. A testament to some solid bean drafting as per usual. They look good. Um, and I think that, you know, that was a good test for them in the first week. But at the same time, you know, can they handle Robert Woods? Probably pretty easily. So this will be a good, good, good this will be a good um, sort of addition to their growth process, I think, too, coming up this week. I, like I said, they did not look out of place at all, despite this being their first NFL action, um, regular season NFL action, that is. Um, yeah, and it's, again, just a good problem to have when Trey, Trey comes back, Trey White comes back. It's it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do honestly because like I said Dane Jackson I thought was really good and he had an interception on a on a you know uh, bad throw I'll just call it a bad throw by Stafford but still right place right time make a play it didn't you know he didn't drop it didn't him in the face mask like he made the play and he was in the right place um, but he was really good in coverage too so uh, it'll be interesting to see when Trey White comes back how they handle that if it's just a pure rotation of four guys like that'd be interesting just oh no trey's trey's line. the guy trey's not missing any snaps i mean sure, trey's well, the guy. i guess it i guess it depends on his injury situation exactly right? i mean i was just gonna say is it yeah how he nice comes back from he's injury. Gonna, yes so i guess you're right that is a good thing to have to have that flexibility if we need to have trey on a snap count right exactly so um yeah this defense was was really good the run defense the one thing that we've faltered with um, I thought performed pretty admirably. Just, you know, the Rams don't have the strongest of run games, uh, some new offensive linemen as well, but I thought the defense was dominant. I mean, they didn't blitz once this game. They rushed for every single play, every single snap, and they had seven sacks. Like, it's Dave Wanstead's wet dream come true. Like, mm-hmm. to rush four, to rush four and get pressure, consistent pressure. Um, so if they can do that every single game, if they can rush four and get pressure, and I mean that's that's going to be tough to to score against. And with the offense scoring as many in points as they do and being as efficient as they are, to ask other offenses to keep up 
opposing offenses to keep up with the way this defense could play by only rushing four, dropping seven. <laughs> like that's a tough task for any opposition. I can't wait to see how many listeners' brains explode when they remember that Dave Wanstat was once on the Bills coaching staff in right. our, our lifetime. This happened. Yeah. It's mind boggling. I'm yeah. still trying uh, to like wrap my head around that that happened. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Uh, Tony, um, before we wrap up our, our game review in, in this episode, uh, do you have a trending up and trending down this week for week one for us? Oh, um, well, trending up. Oh, let's see. Am I supposed to do it like a, how I have to make a witty one, huh? Uh, trending up is going to be really it's Josh jokes. Josh jokes are trending up. Josh yes. is taking the, you know, his elevated sort of national status. And I think he's been dropping great jokes all week between, oh, you know, OP and Frontier having half days. And that's how you make Bills fans to right. to back in the game in his post uh, in his post press conference. when he was at least he was, you know, not I mean, he was he was I don't know, didn't he make any jokes? Josh jokes are on the up. Josh jokes are on the up. The guys, he's he's yeah. Or could it be in his last in in the latest Bills TikTok video when he rejects and kind of tries to avoid uh the host when Kevin when he tries to avoid him of saying like no you're weird get out of here. I think it was beautifully <laughs> played by Josh Allen. Josh jokes definitely trending up. Uh, he's great in that. Was it Tostitos commercial as well? Oh yeah, Josh commercials are trending up. The man That's has many too. talents, many talents. He truly Josh does. Now. Just keep him out of the insurance commercials. That's right. Keep him away. Stay away, insurance companies. Uh, Tony, I just had one trending up, tw- trending down, uh, and it's because it's from our old friend, guest of this podcast, Sal Capaccio. Trending up, sales hands. Trending down, Isaiah's hands. Isaiah, of course, Mackenzie. That is dropping or not catching what led to an interception. Uh, but Sal Capaccio. Showing some smooth, un-Josh Reed-like hands uh, as he catches Tyler Bass's errant out-of-bounds kickoff. Uh, very smooth, Sal. Very smooth, if you're listening, which I hope you are because you're a friend of the pod. But um, jo- uh, if, if we ever need an uh, emergency wide receiver, I think I think Sal's getting the call at this rate. So uh, that's my only trending up, trending down. Those are, it was such a smooth catch. It was wild. It was wild. It was in the flow it wasn't even he didn't even bobble it it was caught it with his hands just just really really good form on that catch from sale uh tony what do you say though we uh we uh wrap up the episode here let's do it let's do it that sound you hear that's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day and you know what's keeping my drink cold listeners a quality koozie from traveling growler follow them on instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with traveling growler now back to the show thank you of course to our sponsor traveling growler www.travelinggrowler.com koozie starting at just five dollars get one for bill season support local shop local www.travelinggrowler.com t-shirt store teespring.com you can also find some of our designs on the built-in buffalo fan shop at bibfanshop.com but teespring search witty not funny all one word we just released our yo mtv raps style apparel very cool very retro very 90s for 90 kids like ourselves um check it out teespring.com 
Search witty, not funny. What else? Tony, where can the listeners find the podcast? They can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, dropping every Friday. Search Built in Buffalo. Search witty, not funny, all one word. Spotify, iTunes. If you like us, leave us a review. Show us some love. Subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. Twitter handles. Tony, where can the listeners find you? At Tony Ambrose on Twitter. Easy. Straightforward. Easy. And simple. across platforms. Uh, and across it's all my name. It's his name. Shock. Shocking. Uh, you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716. Twitter, Instagram, Woody Not Funny Sports on TikTok, Facebook page. Uh, like it all. We love to connect with the Bills Mafia, the Sabre Stores people, the Buffalo Sports community out there. So give us a follow. We'll follow right back. Show us some love. We'll show it right back. Um, that's all I got. Tony, send off for the listeners. Mm, just win, baby, win. No, I was gonna say. So I was gonna say, amidst my like dry mouth over here, I was gonna say, let's make the most of your weekend. Because hey, you got all weekend to wait. Like you got, you got some spare time this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's the longest we could possibly wait between games. That's not the off season. So seems like forever too. Do the weed whacking with, do the weed whacking with the lawn. Maybe uh, slice up some shrubs. I don't know. No. Enjoy the time. And we'll see you Monday. I, I'd say we'd see you Monday night, but realistically, I'm going to see you Monday early afternoon when go. we I all get tailgating there. to the stadium. I might be tailgating too. I might be tailgating Oh, really? Too. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll clue you in later. <laughs> and as I always say, of course, listeners, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.